Okay. Um, anyone want to venture recollections of the prior game? I know it was uh, a month ago, but there were some interesting things that kind of happened. Let's see if you guys can trigger Karen's memory, and then then you'll get the brain dump. Escape um, those tendril thing. Yeah. And um, well, at least I and Sorrel were, and we were like being chased. Like I think. They turned into people, uh, and they were like from the Chaos Scourge or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, that's what I remember. <laughs> well, well, and, and, and I, I mean, like, you know, it, it may not seem like a, a big thing, but I, I actually do want to kind of call it out because you did uh, what I thought was a, like, bang on, like, perfect job of what I consider to be, like, a standard pattern walk about, you know, like, evolving the scene slightly bit by bit, you know, starting in a, you know, undersea kind of location, evolving it into an underground, going into, like, a castle, and, like, all this stuff. And, like, it actually felt to me as I was listening to it, it had a very Zelazny-esque feel to it. I always find that Zelazny, when he goes on his little pattern walk things, it gets a little trippy. It's like the dude did too much mushrooms or something like, I mean, I don't know. Well, the way he wrote them, it was like... Yeah, and he the was back. Sky on. turned yellow, right. then it's blue, Ex- then it's purple. Exactly, then right. it- <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it was back in the seventies. Yeah. I'm sure the dude had, was doing something, mushrooms or something. Yeah. So, anyways, so I, I, I thought you did a really well good job of that. Have you read any yet? So, which is why I mean, you, you are to be commended. Um, you know, at, at, at how that actually went. And yes, you're correct. Um, the two individuals who were trying to either track you or or keep tabs on you or whatever, they were members of presumably the Courts of Chaos, uh, specifically Prince Mandor and then um, uh, Lady Lintra. Okay, so those Lintra. are just kind of reminders as names. Okay, so then, uh, Cassandra, any recollections on your I part? had a very strange conversation with Merlin. I think you had more than a conversation with him. Well, we almost had a fight. Yeah. I would argue that you had a fight. You just lost it. No, Cassandra doesn't think she <laughs> Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, I think Merlin came out on top on that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Cassandra can be a little on the arrogant side. <laughs> okay, so you had an interesting slash weird conversation with Merlin? Yeah, so I was trying to convince him to help me with something I can't remember what because because uh, what what's the ghost ghost, ghost 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 is afraid of him mm-hmm. and because he thinks that he is going to he thinks Merlin did I tell him that I think ghost thinks he's gonna kill him well I don't know if kill was the specific word I had specifically used the term end yeah end okay yeah yeah did I tell Merlin that I think you effectively did okay. like I, I mean you you mentioned that something to that effect yeah, yeah. and that I, I think I wanted him to help <clears throat> me and my cousins in amber because mm-hmm. it, by doing that we would be able to protect ghosts well and in fact um, and didn't w- I end up with with 
Sorrel and Tycho. Well, so so this is my. Contacted us, but he mentioned that we had uh, visitors. Exactly ah, right. That's right. So so through Merlin and mediated through Ghost, who does seem to have a preternatural ability with Trump, uh, managed to contact Sorrel, yes. who of course had met Merlin previously. Right. So there was that yeah. that actual thing, and you had had the conversation saying, "Hey, you know, I've got Merlin here. You guys want to talk? We should kind of get together and have a little powwow." Right. And then, but of course, this is like right in the middle of of Tycho and and Sorrel kind of having this weird negotiation with um, with uh, the Mandor yeah. and, and and Lintra, and then. Um, Tycho and Sorrel, you guys went to a specific other location. Uh, you want to tell me about that, if you recall it? It's, it's, it's ultimately where you decided to go for neutral territory to have a conversation with the Chaosians. Yes, we went back to Corwin's Tower. To Corwin's Tower slash prison. Exactly. And the way you had done it actually was interesting because you started off in some renaissance kind of... Uh, you know, castle, and you went into the tower, and you just kept on going up and up and up. But it was yeah. just changing every time you went around. Yep. Perfect pattern walk. Yes. And then you ended up there, which I thought was just amazing. That was really <laughs> cool. Um, and uh, Katie, on Astrid's side, there were a couple of adventures and revelations that happened to you. You want to uh, reveal those? I I don't have my notes in front of me right now. The only thing that really stands out to me is that. Whoever I'm with right now, I think I'm with Merlin and Cassandra. Whoever I'm with, it seems to be like they are at odds with whoever um, Tycho and um, Sorrel were with. And so there's this sense of like, we're actually helping different groups of people who aren't necessarily aligned. That was kind of my memory. Okay, no, I I think that's... Yeah. That various groups of us are helping people whose interests don't come together. Yeah, um, and, and I think but that, we don't that, know that yet. <laughs> that that that's that's an interesting and astute inference. Um, I'm not going to you know deny or or say you know precisely okay. how how accurate it is, but uh, to kind of paraphrase what I recollect of of the activity, a lot of the stuff was sort of your conversations with uh, a drug near. Um, you know, and you were yes. located at the top of some, you know, big precipice in a mountain range type of thing. Dragonier, yes. uh, you know, flew you down over this sort of convergence of multiple armies. And in fact, you were moving and converging upon what appeared to be a keep. Another thing that was mentioned, um, I believe only to you, Astrid, but the others might have heard of it as well. It was called the Keep of Four Worlds. And in fact, yes. as you neared that, that kind of area, a couple things were happening, right? You could see various um, different armed forces that seem to be from different groups and they have different heraldry and things like that. However, when you did fly over, they seemed to acknowledge you and they called out sort of in a jubilation celebration thing and they kind of gave you accolades as the silver hand. And so there's this almost sense that maybe you command or some of these 
these troops kind of have allegiance. And you were thinking of going away, but then Draugnir basically says, well, wouldn't the person who's at, like the general who's at the keep, wouldn't she see that as, or or wouldn't they see it as being, yeah, either threatening or you're not paying them respect or whatever. So the last thing that was happening is you were making your way towards that, uh, you know, the the keep and kind of going from there. And of course, then we had what was happening with Sigrun. Sigrun's most of it um, Alice in Wonderland. Well, it, it, it was it was a big chase, right? And and so from the the opening of her scene, when it was sort of revealed that she might be a spy, uh, she basically did a little bit of shadow shifting, tried to kind of break away, and then she went immediately to try and find um, Swordmother, yes. right, Sir Deirdre, and ended up in some sort of prison slash, slash catacombs, and then she. Um, managed to get through the door where ostensibly her mother was held prisoner, but it turned out to be some large gargantuan monstrosity, this sort of colossus of flesh that seemed to have something that might be Deirdre sort of melded into it. And it was attached to these weird tubes and stuff like that. And uh, there was a, a little bit of an altercation between Sigrun and whatever this thing is. And then at the very end, uh, as she was trying to take her mother away and shift shadows, uh, there was definitely a white rabbit that appeared on the scene. Mm-hmm. And a big hole that kind of ended ended up, and uh, they jumped away. And then the last of the scene is that they they landed in um, the essentially Alice in Wonderland and in the Mad Hatter's uh, tea party. Yeah. And so she saw um, King Eric dressed in drag as the Red Queen. Um, there was uh, uh, you know another individual that was like Cheshire Cat kind of. There was uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Um, and, and things like that. And uh, that's where I was hoping that we would pick up. But I think we're going to have to kind of rework that. So um, I think with this, I am going to go to Tycho and Sorrel. So you find yourselves sort of, again, at the edge of Corwin's Keep. And it has a sense of disrepair or disuse into, it. Um, you know, not enough of, of, a, of a, a layer of dust that is coating everything. But there is a sense that um, this 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 tower is uh, kind of empty and you can hear howling from the outdoors. Um, you know, this, this wind that kind of whips about and you can hear the, the echo and the grate of sand and particles whispering by. And something on the wind is making kind of heavy clank, clanking metallic sounds. And then you see your two guests. Now, interestingly, although you did not specifically try to shift shapes, Somehow, Mandor and Lintra seem to have changed clothing and form a little bit. And so Mandor is very much dressed in what I would call a royal court kind of garb. It is quite fancy. It's a nobleman's kind of, uh, you know, dress. 
uh, slender, well-tailored, um, a little bit of finery, um, and it's sort of almost this dark um, indigo um, blue, almost like a velour kind of quality to it, this sort of weird kind of mix between the two. Whereas Lintra is very clearly in a warrior's garb. And in fact, when the two of you look at her, um, it does appear that her face and in fact her form is a little bit different than I would say a human, um, a typical human um, uh, poise, right? So in fact, she has almost like um, bone ridges on her head that suggest the beginnings or vestigial horns. Um, and there's a weird cast to her leg angle, almost like a, a satyr, right? So like a half goat, half man kind of creature. So there's a weird, unnatural bent to her legs. And in fact, you do see actively coiling from the back of her armor and flowing beneath um, a large voluminous cape seems to be somewhat of a prehensile tail. But the two of them kind of stand and Mandor actually, you can see his eyes kind of, um, you know, glance up a little bit and uh, he does say to you, interesting. Now... Where would you say you have brought us? And do you mind if I investigate a little? Look around as you will. We just happen to know that this place is on He reaches into the side of his sleeve and out popping from it, um, kind of David Bowie-esque, are kind of three balls of chromed silver which he does kind of cup in his hand and he releases one, which begins kind of flying a little bit forward, two and three, and they actually form an active orbit around him. And you can see that there are little sparkles of power and light that are glinting off of their reflective surfaces. And he actually begins sending one to the outside of an opening, which goes to a window. Any reaction? Um, I think the, my reaction, or, or Tycho's reaction, is to wonder, um, is this, like, is this, uh, the same power, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the Ember, right? The pattern? Yes. Okay. Is he using the pattern, or is this something else? <clears throat> so... Neither of you get a strong sense that he is actively shifting shadow. Uh, he does seem to be basically, you know, he's moving about. Sorrel, you sense that there is a little bit of sorcery in this, but it is powered and fueled by something greater than just the act of sorcery itself. There is some other power that he seems to be drawing on, which his these these artifacts, these spheres may be tethered to or powered by. And you actually get a sense that it has a lot of latent, unreleased potential. And he actually says, 
this place once was definitely habited by an Amberite, no less. My readings tell me of an individual of significant skill and power whose fate, or perhaps his manifestation, is somewhat tied to this location. There's a story there. Anything you wish to share? I'm sure there are many stories, but do you not know where he is? Ah, he. Well, that's a start. Care to elaborate more on the person of the male gender to whom you refer? <clears throat> and you can see Lintra just smile a little bit. We know he was a prisoner. We know he was escaped. But he was unknown to us before we arrived here. You seem to know much of this individual if you if you knew his gender and the fact that you knew nothing before you arrived. The fact that you can describe some of this is interesting and it suggests more than you are currently revealing. But I understand and appreciate your caution. Now, we are the ones who attempted to make contact with you and you led us on a merry chase and I must say it was entertaining to understand how you operate. So where shall we begin? <clears throat> Going to tell us what business you had with our queen. Ah, yes. And you speak, of course, of Lady Moore, the Queen of, of Redma. Mm. Well, to be honest, the Lady has connections that predate her reign in the realm of Reb. And let us just say that some of those connections, some of those relationships go further than the Golden Circle. And based on past friendships, past conversations, we were hoping to reinitiate a dialogue. It's Do you believe she will recognize friendships? Oh, I, I have no doubt of this. Let us just say, and this is the primary purpose for why we are seeking you out. As I believe we have mentioned, <clears throat> although clearly there is tension and the potential for escalation between chaos and amber, everyone within the courts pays lip service, of course, to that reality. It would not be politic to pretend otherwise. And on the surface, we owe King Swayville, his royal majesty, our respects and our obedience to the cause. That being said, not all present in the ways of chaos hold the same ends and desire the same outcomes. We are hoping that contact with Queen Moir may prove 
an alternate angle that may lead us away from a vicious circle that all of us may regret. Is this something you feel that you could facilitate? For truth be told, we do not wish to be observed as being directly responsible for this contact. We prefer to seek a third, perhaps neutral party that could help us make that engagement more, let us say, circumspect. Are you trying to avoid? Same word. You go ahead. Um, what aim were you trying to avoid? Total what war. Outcome? Well, let us say that some powers within the courts are seeking Amber's eradication, punishment for past injustices, and the breakaway of a renegade power that has fundamentally shifted the balance away of what was once all-encompassing primordial chaos. There are many who look with fondness upon those days and with anger, perhaps even sense of injustice that Amber itself was. But there are others who I would call more rational, less emotionally tied, who understand the value of balance and mutual benefit. If we were to pass on your message to our queen, she seems to be open to hearing more. We have a way of contacting you. Of course. You possess trumps, I believe. Is this something we could furnish to you, art on our side, providing you with the means to contact us? It is the most efficient way, as flexible as your ability to manipulate shadow is and impressive to see in action. It is not the most expedient of means of travel and communication. You are familiar with the Trumps? A basic degree. Well then, what will it take for us to convince you of the genuine article? You have brought Sorry, what did you say? That you broke up a little bit. What do you have to offer us? Well, I do have the thing that you would seek, and he, you know, pulls out a a pack of trumps. Now there it's interesting in that the design is more ornate and perhaps a little bit more baroque in flavor. It is not as shall I say, simpler lines in the contemporary patterns that seem to be more endemic on the trumps that you have seen, the trumps you have observed. These ones have a certain sense of archaicness to them. Uh, and he pulls out a trump of himself and, you know, clearly outlined. He's got his hand open, the three silver chrome balls kind of circling uh, into the side and a slight smile on his face. Unless you that wish, of course, uh, a contact of Milady Lintra here. It is really up to you whose card uh, you wish to receive. I will defer 
Super Nolan. Now it should be fine. Okay. And exchange for this, you will provide Queen Moira with our message. May we make this exchange now? There's no time like the present. Okay. He twists his hands a little bit. One of the silver spheres flies over and then hovers in front of you. You can see that there is a swirl of silver upon silver, kind of this liquid quicksilver mercury pattern that seems to kind of spiral in on on of itself. And it seems to shrink down to a smaller size and it hovers directly in front of you, Sorrel. If you take this to her, I... Am positive that she will recollect. Thoral will reach up and touch the seer. Okay. It's cool to the touch and, you know, uh, oddly malleable. It's almost kind of this weird, silly puttiness, but you can't really, uh, you know, uh, compress it much further. It, it does seem to slip a little bit out of your grasp, but I mean, you can kind of hold it in there. And um, it can take the form that you desire. So if you believe that its form is more better suited to you in, let's say, an envelope or a sealed letter, you can do this as well. It could even be in the form of a scroll. It will respond now that it has imprinted with you. Uh, It will respond to your um, mental um, instruction. Is this sufficient? That should do nicely. And as promised, here is my trump. Now, since we have gone through such lengths to try and contact you, um, not knowing precisely how this might come about, is it reasonable for us to request the same contact from you? Meaning a trump image that we may be able to engage in reciprocal communication and transport. I would like to be able to offer the same, but neither of us have the ability to create Trump images, and we don't have any on our person. Mm, That is unfortunate. How much time do we have in this place? Less than an hour. Hmm. Yes, that would be pushing the boundaries of my ability. But it might give me perhaps not the mode of transportation or at least the mode of contact. Would you mind, either of you, if uh, I took a sketch? Sorrel will, like, look at Tycho and say, I will accept this, but there will be no trunks created of my brother. Lintra, eyes somewhat raised and her kind of those weird bone ridges almost pulsing a little bit, says almost abrasively, why? Why does it matter? Does I not want to lose track Anyway, contact him. I already have Trump images of myself in the world. I see. No, more won't hurt. 
I understand. No, it is good to understand your motivation and perspective in this. I admit being of cut of a similar cloth. I value my privacy and I value that my contacts with external sources be limited to those that I am comfortable with. So, no, just from individual to individual looking to understand. Um, so, Mandor approaches you, Sorrel, <clears throat> saying, and, and he actually kind of uh, does like a slight, uh, you know, head inclination towards you, Tycho. If you are not to be part of the sketch and the imagery, may I ask for Sorrel's presence in private? I will need a little bit of time and space in order to conduct this artistic endeavor. And I do not wish to mix messages. Will this be acceptable to you? <clears throat> I take a look at Thoreau and see what she has to say. Thoreau will nod at him and uh, use the mental link between them to tell him that I will always call him back if they seem to be in any way threatening me. Then I nod and walk out. Okay. <clears throat> Lintra starts moving in your direction. Um, so if you kind of, you know, move away from where Mandor and uh, Sorrel are kind of standing in the room, she is also moving in that direction. Um, it may be to join you, possibly to have conversation. The point is, is that she's moving away from Mandor and therefore away from um, Sorrel. And Mandor uh, extends his arm very gent gentlemanly-like to you, uh, Leah, and uh, the suggestion um, is that, you know, if you wish, he offers you his hand so he can walk you into the next chamber. Uh, I will graciously offer her hand like a fine court lady. Okay. And, I mean, he also mimics and, in fact, builds upon your courtly graces and, you know, you guys are kind of, you know, pushing the sort of maximum appropriateness of etiquette in this kind of space between two individuals who are, you know, of a royal family of sorts, um, but are not necessarily, you know, allies, right? So it, it is very civil, it's very courtly, and he kind of leads you a little bit further. Okay. <clears throat> um and Sorrel, he ushers you to a part of the room, which is a little bit more secluded and light kind of comes in and he gestures to one of these kind of silver balls, which kind of hovers up into the air and then begins projecting this kind of soft light upon the area that you are kind of standing in. And then... Um, would you care to sit, or do you prefer a standing pose? I believe I will stand, but I will lean against the wall here, so. Quite appropriate, I would say. And as you kind of do that, and you, you know, reach within yourself to kind of find a, a comfortable pose that you can stand in, um, you know, for a reasonable period of time, the third ball 
Uh, and now there's only two, right? Because he's effectively given you that one sphere. It is kind of hovering in front of you. And you can kind of see, you know, almost like these holographs where there's like this band of kind of light or lasers that are like scanning. It seems to be doing mm-hmm. that with you. And, you know, it starts with your face, then moves over your hair. And it's almost kind of creating this regular pattern, moving from one section and spiraling lower and it actually goes onto the far edge of where the wall is kind of creating a semicircle around you and you definitely get the sense like you know you can feel his concentration on both the act of moving the spheres but also you can feel energy project and you know touch your extremities, your skin, your clothing, and things like that. So there is a sense that you get of feedback as this kind of sphere traces an image around you. And then he cocks his head and the sphere's slow. And he says, interesting. I am not detecting the imprint of the pattern on you. And yet, I see that you possess flexibility of form. Am I mistaken? Uh, my flexibility, as it says, does not come from pattern. And therefore, it comes not from amber. You understand the implication of this, yes? I hadn't thought. Well, can I ask you another question? You mentioned other relatives, other members of the Amberite court um, and, and its populace. Do you know others who can shift as you do? I not know others like myself, but... Couldn't say that I'm well acquainted with many in the courts of Amber. That is because the ability to shift shape is not endemic to pattern, is not endemic to order. The ability to shift shape, to assume fluid form, to move from one essence to another, this is the imprint of the great serpent. It is the imprint of chaos. Could it be that you have relations that you are unaware of that stem in chaos? Our queen has had dealings with the courts of chaos before. I suppose it is not possible. This is unexpected, but certainly... A potential opportunity. Now, I myself have my own connections within the court. Of course, I represent, as I was saying, a certain faction. But if you are not directly tied to Amber and are not imprinted with the pattern. Would you be interested in exploring your heritage? It would be my honor to be your guide. Idea is very. I 
not stay, and I cannot follow you now. We have business with others, and we need to pass on your message. But should we meet again, then I'll have thought about it and perhaps investigated the possibility that is where my heretic is. And all the while, while you are having this conversation, the silver sphere kind of rotates a little bit further, uh, completing a couple more scans of kind of your lower extremities. And then it actually kind of backs off. And Mandor steps into the space around where the sphere is, almost stepping into its orbit. And he actually steps a little bit closer to you. And it is in a way, kind of daring and a little bit intimate. And he extends his hand, almost, you know, wishing to, you know, gently offering to make contact with you, if you should so accept. Thor will nod slightly to accept this. Okay. So with that, if you allow him, he takes your hand in his. Do you allow it? Yes, no, maybe? Yes. What to do? What to do? And he very graciously, in a courtly way, he, you know, basically, you know, holds your hand and he also places his other palm over yours and it kind of turns it over and he actually brings it to his lips for a kiss of your hand. It is not a sexual, sexual gesture, but there is, while he is making that contact, he is definitely making, um, intense almost smiling eye contact with you. And as he does that, he releases your hand and you feel the energy of that uh, sphere almost kind of back away and then fade into the background. And he says, why, my dear lady, at any time you have my trump and now I have yours. So I believe we have exchanged contacts. And so should you ever wish to take me up upon this offer, it would be my honor and my pleasure to entertain you in House Sawal. We most certainly impact. Well, I look forward to that auspicious day. Now, can I just time out as a second? Have you guys revealed that you are related, you and Tycho, that you are twins or anything like that. I don't recall if that was ever disclosed. I mentioned to them that he's my brother when I said that they're not allowed to make oh, yes, uh, you did. a Trump comment about Okay. <clears throat> and one more thing, Lady Sorrel, if I may be so forward. Do you think your brother would be amenable to such explorations of background and heritage? You imply that the fact that I have not walked the pattern what makes such an offer possible. It certainly mitigates certain risk. I will speak to him about it, but I don't believe that he is in the same as the same freedom. I had that sense. 
So I ask you to use your judgment, and I understand that he is of your blood, but be circumspect. The offer that I am making to you, that I am extending, does come out of your unique circumstance and may not apply to him. So if truly you wish to limit his potential liability, then certainly take that into consideration before you make the offer wholesale. You for your understanding. Thank you for your time. It has been most enlightening and pleasurable. Shall we? And he offers his arms to you. Okay. Then he begins kind of walking you back in the other direction. All right. Um, Astrid, um, you are with Draugnir and um, not sure if you have landed or if you wish to kind of want to continue flying towards the Keep of Four Worlds. Let me know what you wish to do. What I will say is that, you know, as he makes a couple circles above and over the troops, you do get that resounding kind of echo throughout the canyon, these valleyways that seem to amplify um, sort of almost these um, jubilant calls for the opener, for the silver hand, and flags wave and uh, trumpets kind of sound as you kind of pass over. I will, uh, <clears throat> to Dragonier, say, let us go pay our respects to Lady General, or General Lady. <laughs> I don't know if the order's important. <laughs> General Lady uh, Jazra. Jazra, that's right. Okay. So, as you wish, opener, um, how do you wish to approach? Do you require announcement or will you arrive unannounced? I believe that uh, if you fly over in all of your majesty, your majestic glory, that will be announcement uh, enough. It is not my glory, lady. It is yours. And but you are carrying the silver hands. Understood. And you are part of my entourage. Okay. Part so, of the <clears throat> power that I wield. Okay. And I will remind you that here, where all this conversation, these decisions are being made, you are in shadow. Right. And of course, okay. as- associated with shadow and particularly movement through shadow, it allows you to manipulate, to um, influence, to adjust. And so I wanted to understand, is there anything you're doing from a shadow perspective to change the nature of your passage before you? Um, is I- there... Anything that you wish to do with the troops and their convergence, their colors, their, you know, their, their, their weapons, things like that. Is there anything that you require, um, that you wish to influence in your, 
favor is the wrong word, but but more towards your influence. And a, right. Sure. Right. And, 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 and away from that which it is currently, which is tied to the Keep of Four Worlds. Um, I think that in terms of the troops and, and whatnot, um, Astrid's going to be... Astrid's a little cautious, so she's not as uh, pronounced as Sigrun or someone. So I don't think she would do anything like that. But I do think what she would do is, um, I don't know if this is possible, but the kind of air, like the sky around, like behind Dragonair, mm-hmm. is going to start um, having this kind of like red and bluish hue. So it's almost like they're painting this kind of rainbow of color through the sky that's announcing her presence. Okay, no, that's excellent. But it, in terms of the truth right now, she's going to be pretty uh, yeah, reserved. Okay, no, th- th- that's good. And I'll, I'll say this kind of happens, right? I mean, there's this, this sort of luminescence effect. And, you know, even as he passes over, there's almost this kind of faint you know, what I would call Aurora Borealis effect, kind of reflecting these kind of colors. It is being noticed absolutely by all the troops, and it seems to kind of bolster them a little bit further. Um, you see that there are some amidst their myths who seem to be taking up and seeing these colors reflected in yourself, reflected in Draugnir, and even though no one possesses like a flag of that nature, what they're doing is that they're pulling Pulling out, uh, you know, uh, pieces of cloth and color that basically reflect that. So it's almost like, you know, I'm tying a red and blue ribbon to my existing flags and, and colors and stuff like that. So there's, you know, the beginning of this flow of people adopting this, this kind of color as you kind of flow over. The one thing I will say is that the influence and the, the shifting of that color and that pattern only takes place in the areas behind uh, where you have flown. It is not, in fact, that at all when you are flying towards the keep. In fact, you can see the keep. There's, you know, again, four convergences. And again, the the sky to the northeast versus the sky to the northwest versus, you know, like the southeast and, and the southwest. The skies are all of subtly different colors and textures and everything does seem to center upon this keep and you are about to fly over the central area of the keep and you could land for example in a parapet or you could potentially go into the courtyard tell me where you want to land and how you want to um basically arrive Yeah, um, I'll also say too that um, I think when when Astrid's flying with Dragonair, no matter how far away she is, right, that silver hand is gleaming. Like anyone can see it. It's very obvious that she's wearing it. Um, okay, so um, I think that as amazing as it would be to land on a parapet, Astrid, uh, even in well, no, you know she could do it. Um, <laughs> I'll have him land on a tower, and Astrid will um, glide slash acrobatically make her way down in a very impressive and athletic and nimble manner. Okay. So you basically—and and, and you leave Dragnir up there? 
Say what? Are you leaving Dragnir up there? On the parapet? On the parapet? Um, is she going to fit anywhere else? Um, you know, it's no different than a bird or like a parrot kind of, you know, over a ledge. But he is a little bit large for the parapet. It would be, he would have a lot more space in the kind of courtyard below. I'll have to like land there briefly and look awesome. <laughs> Uh, but then we'll make our way down to the courtyard. Yeah, and and you're riding him, or you're actually doing flips and acrobatics on your way back, uh, your way down. Oh, I'm doing flips and acrobatics okay. on my way down. Okay, uh, that's I'm cool. chilling off, but he is going to uh, oh, meet me in the courtyard. He'll do a few more loops around the sky, like after I leap off, he'll like leap off the parapet in an amazing manner. Okay, and um, do a few circles, but then he will join me in the courtyard and look menacing. All right. Which is just looking normal. So all of this kind of, uh, you know, does happen. And, you know, he kind of soars low and, and, you know, you can hear everybody within the courtyard, the men at arms, the people who are kind of defending the walls. There's this kind of, cr- you know, in a cry of, of not surprise, but like awe as Dragnir, you know, in a very large and impressive form, just kind of does a swoop over them. And, you know, it's at this point where you kind of do your last kind of flip and then you basically basically land on the ground <laughs> but at that last microsecond as your la- as you land your right foot twists a little and it's nothing that you can't hide nothing that you can't recover from it's not like you fall you're stable enough but you feel that a twinge of pain almost like a sprained ankle like you just took it a little bit too far and you didn't quite land exactly like you would have liked to. But at this point, go ahead. I will mutter under my breath, my power words feel better. Okay. Yeah. And, and you, in fact, do need that. And it sort of numbs the pain a little bit. And then you're kind of standing in that one area. You're, I would say like one story and, you know, set of tumbles over in towards where you would go into, um, the, the, the courtyard, but moving into this area and moving is actually maybe the wrong term. It's sort of levitating or flying is I think no, not you. Okay. So. Basically coming out of a stairwell in a large entry, which leads to this sort of overhanging crenellation where you are currently landed before you would flip down into the the corridor. So it's about two, two, three stories up. You can see a retinue of soldiers that are basically running quite quickly and they're moving into a pattern basically flowing out into the area that you are in. But close behind and then flying up, definitely powered by, you know, some sort of mystical flight or whatever is this, um, robed sorceress. Um, who is suffused in light and energy and this kind of diaphanous gown. Um, and, uh, there are almost like, almost seems like bat-like wings that kind of, or, or the specter of bat, bat-like wings that kind of flow from her, her back. And you can see that she flies up and there is this moment where she is higher than your elevation for sure. And she kind of 
almost seems to glide and hover over. And the wings spread out impressively. And you can see that her form is sort of hovering before you and also in a more elevated position. I will bow. I will, like, kind of make a very, um, like, graceful bow slash curtsy thing. But it's also, like, it's respectful. And it's acknowledging that she's literally higher up. But it's, it also, I think, will come off in a bit of a mocking way. Understand. So there's a little bit of a satire to it. Okay. Yeah. Or like it's a little too ostentatious show of respect in a way. Understand. Yeah. It's almost sarcastic, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you sense that there is an exchange and you can see a look of constant assessment on her brow and she flaps her wings once and then lowers down to kind of your level but not ever quite touching the ground and so she's hovering just a little bit above and of course with the large kind of bat spectral wings there it it, it there is quite a bit of height and physical presence there and she also gives you a deep bow but you get the same sense that the irony that you had sort of infused in your own actions is mirrored by her. And she would say, to what honor do I owe the presence unannounced of the silver hands in the keep of the four worlds? To pay my respects to you, General Lady. Truly? Do you bear news from the front or perhaps directions of our grand crusade? I have been longing from for discord, discourse from the courts, and I find myself in these hinterlands lacking for civilized conversation and news. What can you tell me of home? Do I have any idea who she is? No. Other than, other than, I mean, and, and you get this sense, right? I mean, she is clearly a commander of troops. There is no question at all that the people that, you know, are surrounding you right now, her sort of honor guard, and in fact, all of the guards that are in the castle, they are very, very, very much ensconced in her authority and her power. So do I, do I have a, do I know, and and maybe Katie knows, and I've forgotten, whether or not when she talks about the courts, she's talking about Amber or Chaos? Well, the inference that I will remind you of is that the forces that moved through the, 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 like the, the valley and the different areas, one of the things that I did call out is that you did not see in any of them symbology or heraldry associated with amber, which is typically tied to like, yeah, like unicorns or lions, that type of thing. There are a lot of, you know, serpents and dragons, that type type of thing, you know, and now you have some, you know, silver hands that are kind of thrusting up that type of thing, but it's a lot of that type of symbology. Okay. 
So I'll say, <clears throat> you may have been cast into the hinterlands, and yet uh, the army outside the keep is impressive. I am glad you find it so, lady. We have endeavored long and hard and to ensure discipline is kept in this time of, shall we say, patience. That said, the troops that are gathered here grow weary and they grow impatient for progress along the front. We were anticipating openings as promised, yet they have not materialized. What I am, developments can you share? I have little patience for the courts myself, but I am an opener and I am here. And what is your purpose, if I may ask? My purpose is to reclaim my homeland. Surely you do not mean the keep, for that is was promised to me as part of my mission. Oh, no, lady. I am not here to take your... Uh, I am not here to take this, um, this wonderful um, abode. Uh, Astrid is much more eloquent than Katie. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> If I look behind you, lady, I can see your influence, and there are those amongst my own troops who now bear your colors. This seems to be, to me, to at least reflect a certain degree of imposition, do you not think? If I impose myself upon you, general lady, it is because I think we might be useful to one another that our purposes might be aligned. I do not see yet, how... Perhaps I aim to inspire your troops, and I kind of like raise up the silver hand and I flex it. <laughs> and um, I was like, but I do so in order for... Uh, not to take away what is yours, but to, to honor strength where I see strength. Your unveiling of the silver hand causes gasps. And you even get a sense that to a certain degree, there are some amongst the troops that almost have a, this reflexive desire to almost pay homage to it. And Lady Jazra definitely feels that. And you can see her face kind of cloud over. So quick are you to unveil the icons of your authority, even under my hospitality. I find your words unsettling, given the circumstances. You are not the only one who wields power, you know. I am hoping that we can wield power with one another and not power over one another. I am tired of the games of Amber. I am tired of people putting others down just for the sake of it. Just for the sake of being the one on top. 
I have no desire to take from you what is yours. I have no desire to command this keep. If that but is, I do think that you can. I do think that we can be useful to one another. And I would. I would yield my strength. Not yield. She's not going to say that. I believe our respective strengths can only support one another. There is no need for us to be at odds. She cocks her head, one eyebrow raised. I will have to take you at your word. I would have appreciated the courtesy of forewarning, perhaps next time so we can more adequately prepare for your entertainment and your comfort, Lady General. Is that a reasonable request, all things considered? Okay, I'm a, I'm a lady general, and she's a general lady. I love it. Um, <laughs> and I, I kind of cock an eyebrow at her, and I say, but general lady. Should it be lady general? I don't know. <laughs> I came unannounced, and yet I saw, with no warning, the discipline of your troops. I saw their readiness. I saw their preparedness. And I knew that they had had no warning of my coming. They had no reason to be on, you know, their best, putting their best uh, face forward. And yet I saw strength and I saw discipline and I saw readiness. My unannounced visit does credit to your leadership by the states in which I found your troops. I thank you for your complimentary words. Now, if I may ask, what do you require of me? And how long will you partake of our abode? Is there anything that we must furnish you to make your stay more comfortable or more effective? Like you, I am impatient, and I am eager to go to the battle room and strategize our next steps. May I speak I frankly? I require very little. Uh, some, I mean, we're in shadow, right? Does, does Dragonair need anything? Like, needs to eat things, you would presume. Does it just eat shadows? Okay, it's like... <clears throat> some care for my companion, and I will gesture at Dragonair. She nods. Uh, and a place where I can uh, spend some time in meditation before we start planning. Understand. May like I... I... Unlike others in my family, I do not require empty gestures. Um... Uh, to stoke my ego. Understand. She's kind of thinking about Sigrun, even though no one else may know that. And do you have any instructions or directions of a, shall we say, religious nature? Something or form that I must pay my due respects in order to send the appropriate message? 
Lord Bances, I am sure, is looking for the right signs, I presume. I presume that I don't know who this guy is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for these details. I trust your judgment in dealing with those who must be dealt with, and I defer to your wisdom. He and his kind are not so open-minded and flexible as you, as you are surely aware. I do not wish to move... I do not wish to move without the blessing of the church, shall I say. I was hoping that you would be the bearer of this, but it seems that this is not your role. Am I correct? I do not think that I would be, I do not think my talents would be best suited to dealing with the clergy. I can respect But if you, go ahead, sorry. If you ask this of me in, as a show of partnership, I will go to him. What do you intend to offer him? Oh, clergy. What would you have offered him? Money? Treasure? Status? Do you mock me, lady? I can lady? never tell with that. I mock the clergy. But don't worry, I understand their importance. Then we understand each other. Very well. Allow me to ensure your comforts and your privacy. And if, again, I may ask one minor detail... Is there anything that you can disclose about the timeline? When Let will out a frustrated sigh. If it were up to me, it will be sooner rather than later. But you are the opener, are you not? Is this not your discretion? It is my discretion, and yet I too wait for the signs. So that the opportunity comes at the precise moment where our strength will make its biggest impact. I understand. But it is very, very soon, and once I rest a bit, I will have a better, uh, and we are able to talk. I believe the when will become more clear. I thank you for your candor and willingness to share. I hope I did not presume too much. We are both Lady Generals, we each have our own part to play. Thank you for that insight. (laughs) Please, this way, if my hosts can keep you well, rested, whatever it is that you require, please ask, and your will shall be done. Uh, Astrid will just nod. (laughs) Okay. Tycho and Sorrel. I'm going to fast forward a little bit um, and make the assumption that you have further discussions and, and pleasantries with with um, you know Mandor and Lintra. And at some point, 
um, you are going to arrange that either you step aside because you said in an hour we're going to contact Cassandra or maybe you're going to step away entirely. So just help me understand how you approach that basically point of either stepping away or completely removing yourself from the tower area so that you can once again reconnect with Cassandra. I think unless uh, our, our guests may uh, move to take themselves away, that we should probably move to somewhere safer than they aren't in. Does that mean abandoning the area that you actually took them to and allowing them free reign? I'm not sure that we have a choice now that we've brought them there. Yeah. I can't think of a good way to tell them to lost without uh, revealing too many of our cards. It's like, get lost. <laughs> okay. And, and, and it, it, okay, so then how do you part ways? Help me understand that. Or at least it's going to artsy. Tell them that we have business elsewhere, appointments that we cannot miss. But we will most certainly let them know our queen's answer at the earliest convenience. Mandor bows with respect and courtly gentlemanship, for lack of a better term. And he we thank you both for your hospitality and your openness and are pleased that we could initiate this dialogue without us resorting to knee-jerk reactions. It is refreshing and a little unexpected, if I might say so myself. I wish... Sorry it- for earlier misunderstandings. It is understandable all things considered our mechanism of retrieval can sometimes be disturbing to those who are not familiar with it so i appreciate your discretion and with that lintra actually ascends the stairs and moves upstairs into that area where you basically freed corwin where he was being held prisoner. And they are moving away from, you know, your immediate site. So depending on whether or not you want to leave them further to explore or do whatever, um, they're basically moving away from you. And you see, okay. Yeah. And, and then floating, um, you know, behind him. Uh, Mandor, there's the two spheres of the, you know, the silver chrome, and you can see that they're definitely rotating and scanning like everything. Stop. Yeah, I don't think it would have been safe to have Merwin and company come here anyway. All right. So now that you are parting ways, what do you do now? The hour has come, and I think Cassandra's probably expecting conversation. Do you guys have a trump of Cassandra at all? No, she was supposed to contact us because she can do so via ghost. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I would, I would we contact them again. Conference? Yes, all yes. Right. Okay, so uh, via ghost. Yes. And, and, and like, 
you're, you don't see a manifestation of ghosting in terms of any type of projection of like a humanoid no, I've never life s- form. It's, it's just a voice, right? Uh, well, you think you see a, okay. So there's that band of light mm-hmm. that kind of choked you before yeah, that's yeah. kind of on his arm. And you also see like a, almost like a ring, a halo that kind of seems to form around him okay. a little bit. And then it kind of him just being Merlin, him being Merlin. Okay. And it kind of you know, sinks into the ground. And with that, you get this kind of holographic projection of Sorrel that's focused through a trump. And um, Merlin kind of says, it is yours if you wish to make the contact. Sorrel. So I use the trump and I go, Sorrel, are you free now? And I will say, the sensation of trying to attune and solidify your contact is weird. Because you're used to holding a physical object and attuning to this, whereas this is almost like looking at empty space, yet there's something about the energy within that projection that has the solidity of Sorrel's image. Okay, can I just, because I'm still trying to figure out how to do Trump, can I just like concentrate on the energy to see if I can figure out how a Trump is actually created? So, you don't necessarily get insight into that directly, Mm -hmm. but you do get a sense of the essence and the feel of the energy. And so, even though the medium that is being painted by Ghost is effectively light, the energy which powers its expression is still Trump. Okay. And that And has, do I understand that energy a little bit more or is it still elusive? It's more it is quite familiar to you now. Okay. And it, it's almost like you are getting the textures of Trump energy as it moves over the shape that you're kind of intending. Okay. And you could see how if you were to connect that concentration mm-hmm. with art how you can essentially express or duplicate that energy okay. into physical form. Okay. But you have not done this Right. Yet, but okay? I, I, I just want to see if I have... Obviously, I don't have time right now. Correct. But I, I just wanted to and, see and if I could... Because if I can get that feeling, maybe I can use that when I have time. It, it, you, you, you suspect that's a decent start. Okay. And really what you're getting is... Okay, so... The difference with Trump, even through this holographic projection, is that, you know, every molecule, every pixel is incredibly dense Mm -hmm. with this focus and this power and this energy. And that is really the detail Mm -hmm. that you're able to kind of detect and attempt to duplicate. And it is really rich. And you understand because of the richness and let's say the density Mm -hmm. of of, of the Trump energy basically collecting into the image, you understand why there's a connection between image and reality. Okay. Okay? Okay. So I'm going to concentrate on the Trump, and I'm going to say Sorrel. Sorrel, you get a firm, strong Trump contact. Sorrel will accept contact and immediately apologize for keeping them waiting. Are you available now? 
Essence Vine. Okay, do you want us to come to you or do you want to come to us? It'd be best if we came to you at the moment. Okay. And Merlin speaks up and you're not sure how he does this, but he seems to insert himself into the frame of the Trump. And Sorrel, you actually see Merlin sort of kind of superimposed behind Cassandra's image as if he kind of melds in there a little bit. And he's like, oh, hi, Sorrel. I just kind of look at him. Okay. <laughs> hi. Um, fancy, well, seeing you again. Okay. Uh, thank you, by the way. Um, did you want to come through? We've got a bit of a, let's say, um, I don't know, demilitarized zone here. Ben? Sorry? Who said that? Merlin. Oh, Merlin. You've ne- you, yeah, okay, so, 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 so that's a male voice. You don't... It, well, uh, so, um, so I, had, you told, uh, had you told Tycho about Merlin? So I described everything I saw. Okay, while I was right. Away. So then, yeah, you would recognize it and you infer that that is Merlin. And you can definitely, like, I mean, you too, you can you can see this, um, like, standing right next to Cassandra, essentially. And we can see Tycho, right? Yep. So I bring out, I put out my hand for Sorrel to grab. Yep. And Sorrel, you get this, you know, almost like a psychic pressure and you can almost sense it kind of emerge on the other side portal opens in time and space. Do you take my hand? <laughs> or do I, maybe I should do Tycho first. Well, I guess mentally. It's not that hard, Sorrel. You just grab on. I just mean, keep getting cut off somehow, but yes, yes. All right, that's good. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm going to assume you guys get through is nothing weird or anything like that. It's just like every other kind of Trump contact you, you, and so you appear into this kind of, it's a weird space and Sorrel, you've kind of been in it before, right? It's this almost neutral white lit space. And, um, you know, almost as you kind of arrive and you're like there and there's like two chairs in the center of the room. One is sort of this kind of plush kind of like lounge chair type of thing. And, and, and that's what Merlin is kind of seated on. And what kind of chair do you have, Cassandra? I have a business chair. Business chair. Okay. One of these like... Uh, what, what the kind of lawyer would have. Oh, okay. Okay. The, oh, the big leather yeah. ones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this kind of somewhat ostentatious yes. kind of brown leather, uh, you know, business chair. But um, And uh, Merlin kind of stands up and uh, offers his hand to both of you. And in fact, um, if you allow him, Sorrel, he does kind of uh, turn your hand up for a little bit of a hand kiss. It's two in one day. <laughs> and she'll offer her hand and knock him. Okay, that's great. And then um, Tycho Merlin kind of extends his hand to you. Now, it's interesting kind of seeing him in the quote-unquote flesh, right? Because he clearly has the bearing of an athlete, um, you know, lithe and, um, you know, uh, athletic. But he's not a physically imposing man. He's not very large, and he certainly doesn't approach sort of your general muscularity. He's a lot thinner than that. But he is kind of dressed in a UCLA kind of yellow uh, sweatshirt. And, you know, it seems a little bit out of place in, in this other setting, especially with the way you guys are probably garbed. It's like, oh, um, Merlin. And he kind of sticks out his hand. Oh, did you guys know that you're all siblings? What? 
you're all children of Corwin. All right. So you're all related. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So what? Like stepbrother kind no, of No, half-brother. Half-brother? Half-sister. Can I ask who your mother is? If that's kind of weird? Our mother is Queen Moira, and our twins, so... Oh no, man. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Like, okay, so who? So you guys are the twins and therefore like the favored child kind of thing. And and I'm like the gawky, like single child. Is that the deal? Should I be? I don't think so. It's not as if any of us had much dealings with Corwin unless you have. Right? Yeah, like tell me about it. Yeah, like to be honest, yeah, not a lot of contact, to be honest. Anyways, um, yeah, well, thank you, Cassandra, you for that. Did you at least know if you're Amber Wright's a heritage? Because in that case, you'd be one up on us. Well, let's just say that, you know, I, I like to do my research and, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, meeting Sorrel, who, gosh, man, you know, I just kissed your hand, like, kind of gentlemanly-ish. <laughs> Now it just kind of feels kind of weird, you know, <laughs> but whatever. And, and, and Cassandra, I, I mean, you're kind of educating me in this, but you know, I'm a little bit more informal, but, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I am aware of, of this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting for sure. Um, all right. Well, okay. So I think the first step, oh, well, by the way, um, Tycho and and um, Sorrel, Merlin here has agreed to help us. So he's obviously your half-brother, my cousin. Um, so he's going to help us, and he's going to help us find Jewel of Judgment, right? Okay, so let's be very precise with our wording. Okay. Okay. I think we can benefit from each other's expertise expertise and perspective in manners of interest of mutual interest namely what the heck is going on with the universe this clash between the courts of chaos and in amber and we're about to have a big war in case you didn't yeah and and you know what I'll, I'll be very honest. My primary motivation here is to not become a pawn without my explicit knowledge and consent. Okay. Well, we don't want to be pawns either, so we have that in common. Exactly. Like minds, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... As I kind of understand it, what Cassandra sort of explained a little bit here is that you're kind of maybe new to the scene and maybe your loyalties are not specifically fixed. And, uh, you know, there's, I can pretty much say the same thing myself. And so I think, Cassandra, what we were talking about is, you know, just mutual cooperation for enlightened self-interest correct yes yes all right now jewel of judgment yes so so the jewel of judgment was stolen Uh uh-huh by 
It wasn't it by Alain, our cousin Alain. Have you heard of him? I don't know Alain. But should I? He's your cousin. Okay. Well, and I think he he has joined the Chaosians. So okay. Well, you you say that as if it's potentially a bad thing. Not all Chaosians are like evil horned beasts, you know. I never said that. I'm just saying he seems to have joined the Chaosians who are going for the war. Ah, okay. So got you. Understand yep. where you're going from. Uh huh. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. So he's joined so just like, that side. You know, warmongering, and we're gonna. When we walked the part pattern, we saw the jewel of, or we believe the jewel of judgment was in Oberon's eye. Wow, this is fucked up. Yeah. So I tried to bring Oberon with me when we left the pattern, but he didn't come with us. But we need to find that jewel of judgment to make sure that the people who are going to war do not have it. And we can make sure the correct people. Now. And if we have it, they can't use us as pawns. Well, I would argue that if... You slash we slash I recover the jewel of judgment. We are going to have big targets. You think we are sought after now? If it becomes evident that we hold the jewel, then I'm going to suggest that we're going to be get the jewel of judgment and then we go to Amber. Okay, I can tell you very plainly that the courts are not going to be pleased with that decision. And if I am to take part of it, I would be kind of complicit in the very thing that Chaos wishes retribution for, which is the theft of the jewel. But aren't they after you already? Well, they're kind of after me because of Ghost, I think. Because they see it being able to maybe tilt the balance of power. And I guess you're right. If we had the Jewel of Judgment, that's a pretty big weight. Yes. It's also... There would be a lot of negotiation capability. So you're talking about leverage. Yes. Isn't that what everything in this world is about? Leverage? I suppose. All right. And maybe then we can stop the war. If we have the leverage. On the one condition. You take me to the pattern. We need to find the Jewel of Judgment first. Understand. But it does not become yours until you take me to the pattern. Once we have the Jewel of Judgment, I will take you to the pattern. All right. We got ourselves a little deal. Okay. Now, sis, bro... Cassandra seems to be doing a lot of the talking over here. Does she talk and speak for you? And I thought you said that there was another one. Astrid. Oh, yes, Astrid. But I don't know where she is. Ghost? Any news on an Astrid? She would have a silver hand. Hey, Ghost, can you go check that out for just a little bit? Maybe just like subroutine? See how that goes? Just get back to me, okay? Sure thing, Dad. How quick are we talking about? Just do your do your thing. Well, bro, sorry. That's that's a little sorry. I'm just being an ass. Tycho. I don't know how you want me to call you. 
I think this is just kind of just as weird to me as it probably is to you. But it was fine. All right. Are you guys? Are are you guys like? What are your thoughts? What do you want in all of this? Is it about stopping the war? Well, be honest. What I really want is not to be controlled by Eric and his. I'm already, as 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 we already mentioned, we're kind of kept out of the loop on what was going on, Um, or even our heritage is Amberite, and I'm tired of being someone else's pawn. Well, continuing that metaphor, since we are kind of all on this big chessboard, and there's pawns and bishops and queens and knights and all that lovely stuff... Are you guys just looking for promotions? Like you want to kind of enter in the enemy zone and get kinged, that type of thing? Or are we talking about playing Go? Well, I think that Eric may not be the best king for Amber, but I don't want to be queen. I prefer to be in the background. So you're mm. n- what about you, sis? See, you know what? I knew there was something cool about you from the get-go. Like, and you were like way too open about stuff. Maybe it's this kind of blood relation thing we got going on here. So I, maybe that really makes sense. But how about you? Like, what do you want? I'm perfectly honest. I would like to get a little bit of our own back. In the sense of, like, he let your revenge and just to be considered the same level as our aunts and uncles and assorted family members and not be written off and sent away like we were before. So and is perhaps that... that does require getting a little of our own power? Are you still playing chess, though? Like, are are you becoming a rook or a bishop? Is that what we're talking about? Because usually these things come with responsibility and kind of royal appointments. And, you know, you've got duties and all that sort of stuff, right? And can't, Cassandra, you just said, well, you'd rather kind of be in the background. Yeah, like I'd be like the spy master kind of person. Oh, wow. Okay. I was going to kind of imply that, but you're just coming right out and saying <laughs> that. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Right. So you're not talking like, let's kick over the whole chessboard and let's start a new game. You just want to kind of Change the direction. Oh. Change the leadership. Well, there's many ways to change leadership, and some of them involve violent insurrection and or mutiny. Yes. I believe the term is regicide. And generally, these kinds of actions are not looked upon that favorably. Somebody already attempted regicide with Oberon. We found him with a spear in his gut. Wow. You guys really get around, you know that? All right. Astrid, talk to me. Any other information that you want to disclose before Ghost actually kind of comes back with her? Or at least puts you in contact? All I all I know is that she went off with the silver hand to find the person to whom it belongs. 
but I believe she put it on herself. She and you saw it. that happen, right? In a vision. In a vision, yeah. What exactly is the silver hand? It was Oberon's. Oh my God. And she put it on herself? Yeah, she had her... What kind of a freaking ego does she have? I A big one, apparently. <laughs> Holy Jesus She had Christ. a dragon cut off her arm. Oh, she's a arm. dragon type. One of these medieval ones? I guess so. So she had a, the, her dragon cut off her arm or bite off her arm. What? And then she put on the hand. She sounds like a psycho. She's she's strange, I have to admit, and she does have a big ego, but she's she can be nice. She's a little weird, but she can be nice. Okay, you know weird weird I can handle. It's 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 I don't know, man. The egomaniacs, I I, I tend to you know personality clash. It's not the kind of same style. I don't know why she did it. We'd have to talk to her about it. But you're looking for somebody. A silver hand. Oberon silver hand. Oh, oh, hold on a second. And then that kind of that silver light ring kind of envelops around him. And then there's this kind of projection in front. And he's like, holy shit. You're not kidding. It's like a real dragon. Yes. And what's with the colors? Like cherry red and blue. Like it's so clashy, man. Like, holy. I think those are her colors. Are those your colors? <laughs> the colors you yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. Those are my colors. <laughs> it it represents her very very well. Hmm. So Astrid, you're meditating yeah. inside the yeah. keep of the four worlds. Anything that you're doing before you kind of uh, you know go into that uh, state of recovery? Like, do you have any other agenda uh, while you're at the keep? So Astrid is. Super confused. I mean, she is egotistical and she is impatient. She's also very confused. Um, is there a way that Source, like, I wonder if she could cast sorcery. Um, you know what she wants to do? She wants to cast some sorcery okay. and almost make it like a kind of shell of protection because she's actually, like, not really sure what she's gotten herself into and is a bit worried. So she almost wants to cast some sorcery as like a shield around her while she's meditating. So describe for me how you sort of initiate and empower your spell. How do you see that working? I imagine that it would be sort of like, um, well, let's say she start before she starts meditating, she has to do like, some kind of physical activity, some yoga or something. Okay. And it's almost like as she's doing these series of poses, it's symbolizing or like weaving an energy, this kind of protective sphere around her. So like, you know, as her arms are moving in certain directions, okay. her legs, it's almost like she's just trying to kind of weave with her body movements, um, a protective web about her. Oh, sorry, I wrapped in something weird. Um, <laughs> so that when she's done and she can sit down and meditate, there's this like um, energy around her, and the way she feels about it is, is almost like it's kind of like jelly. Like this kind of. It, it's not that it's impervious to anything, uh-huh. but that if anything was going to come at her, it would 
encounter this like squishy resistance. kind of resistance. Okay. So, and what I'm going to say, I mean, especially since your sorcery, your magic, your mysticism seems to be rooted in movement and meditation, right? And so there yeah. are these sort of yogic poses which sort of gather your energy, open your meridians and, you know, allow your body and your spirit to kind of flow at the same time. And I mean, you're used to doing this as part of your regular, your motions, your meditations. But as your, um, you know, your feet and your hands sort of move into these optimum positions to kind of distribute and balance that energy, you feel something altogether unexpected. Normally, you feel a strong sense of rooting. And in fact, you have to focus on that uh, in order to make sure that you're well grounded and perfectly balanced and all these things. But here in this space, as you kind of reach out with your mystical sense, there is lines of incredible power. Magical, mystical sorceress that are flowing everywhere. You weren't attuned to it before because you weren't really in that sort of meditative, uh, pr- uh, trance-like state. But the moment that you entered into that kind of attitude in your mind, you can now feel it everywhere and it's gathering underneath your feet and you can see these lines of power flowing everywhere across the floor, moving uh, further into the, into the keep itself. And in fact, I mean, you can feel the energy pulse and gather even further and more powerfully deeper inside the keep. It is almost intoxicating. Would, would, would I say that, that it, this is uh, like exerting control over the keep or it? Well, right now, you haven't exerted any change over it. And, you know, maybe a way to think about it would be like, you know, there are waves of, it's like stepping into a pool, right? Where if you made contact with the pool, it would refresh you and it would give you energy and it would cool your body down, except for it's sort of the mystical, energetic, ley line kind of version of that, right? You haven't done anything with the energy, but you can see it, you can feel it. But the moment you try to do something with it, that could change the equation. Okay. And sorry, I'll, I'll say one more thing. That sense of protection that you wanted to kind of form around you, you can feel the structure of that spell form and like the matrix that basically traces around you that would be filled with the sorceress energy comes so quickly, so rapidly, and you've never been able to empower a spell that quickly before. It's almost like this entire area is just flooded with an open source of raw magical power. So it, it's not just quicker, but it seems stronger than I thought it was. It's before. intense. It is very entrenched in this area, and there's multiple lines that overlap and interweave. It is very, very powerful. Now, it is not the same as the pattern, 
which has a certain stability and therefore order and strength to it. It is more chaotic. It is more attuned to like a mystic. It, like the, the analogy of liquid is not in a, it okay. flows and moves. <clears throat> what do you do? Right, meditate. Okay. And do you do anything with the flow of the energy? Do you gather it? Do you uh, manipulate it in any way? Or do you just observe? I'm trying to determine if you're actively doing anything with the energy at all. If, if the protective spell has formed, I mean, I, I guess I would... I don't think I'd do anything with it, but this is, like, new, so I'm kind of, like, it's almost like you're flexing a muscle. You're just kind of getting a feel for it, getting to know it almost. I guess I'm kind of doing that. So, so let, let I me... I am going to meditate, but I, I kind of want to focus on it and see if... Okay, I'm yeah, I'm I'm going to describe it this way. Okay, the 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 pattern and the form of your casting is sort of the skeleton and and the structure of your protective barrier, but what actually does the protection is is the energy itself. You can continue to slowly weave that protective layer just using your inherent magical energy, or you could flood it by basically pulling from the river of energy and use that to fill that space. And you know if you did it, it would be extremely powerful. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. And and all of a sudden, the moment you do this, you feel this kind of con- like you feel connections and little voices kind of seeing everywhere, and you can actually see in front of you like many different windows that are kind of shifting images. And you see outside, you see Draugnir. You see, um, you know, the troops that are kind of gathering, you know, in other places. You see also a strange kind of silvery band of light that seems to be approaching your position quickly and quickly, and it's moving fast upon your area. What do you do? I cast one. I use one of my power words and I say, um, chill out. Whatever it is, it hits the barrier of your spell. And for a second, you can sense another presence, a psychic contact. Try and now you see that it is actually actively morphing to try and see if it can, you know, find a way inside the sphere. Now, when you do your chill out, it does seem to loosen its immediate contacts and then it just kind of sits in the background and it just forms and hovers around your protective space, almost like a light halo, just pulsing and not doing anything right away. But you do get a weird sense that in portions of the light, it seems to be focused on you, almost like, and you get the weird sense of being watched. Hello. Oh, hi. Are you Astrid? My dad's looking. My meditation. Oh, 
I'm really sorry about that. Um, I have never really found that I can hold meditation for very long. I find it that my thoughts are just kind of racing and going everywhere. And I really can't, you know, how they say that you're supposed to just kind of let it float away in a kind of bubble and it just kind of disappears and stuff like that. I don't really find that I can really do that. That's because I probably find finding multiple streams of kind of consciousness going at the same time. But, you know, sorry, I digress. Um, my dad's kind of looking for you and as are a, a couple other people. Um, are you Astrid? Where is this place anyway? Oh, um, he went to UCLA. He's a computer scientist, um, but he's also, um, a sorcerer. Don't tell him that I told you that, but he, that's what he is. And, uh, yeah. Um, so he kind of combines those things. Like, I know it sounds a little bit weird, but you know, like melding the arcane with the, with the mundane type of thing. That's a sort of kind of specialty. Where are we? This is really cool. And what is all this power? Oh my gosh, can you plug into this stuff? Whoever has access to... Silver hand. Oh, the silver hand? What's the silver hand? Actually, just kind of like raises her arm and wiggles her fingers in a greeting. Oh, wow. No. Like, that's cool. And it's like really dense and I can barely see into it. But it's not like this whole like river of power. It's not the same thing. Sorry, it's not. Hate to burst your bubble. Why can't I see you? Because you're not letting me inside your little thing. I'm on the outside. Gonna let me in? No, I don't know you. And I don't know your father. Okay, he's a really nice guy. And I told you. Okay, doesn't going to UCLA, doesn't that count for something? It's a pretty good school. I know it's not like Ivy League or nothing, but it's kind of up there. It's like sunny California. Do you know Cassandra? Cassandra? Uh Uh-huh. She's kind of bossy, kind of, you know, austere, kind of lawyer-looking type. Have you hurt her? Have I hurt her? Is your father holding her captive? What? No, they're having tea or something, or I think it was some sort of champagne. I can't really remember. Oh, yeah, and there was this other person, Sorrel. She actually had, like, this kind of champagne drink with my dad. And so, yeah, they're on pretty good terms. Anyways. Sorrel and Cassandra. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just met them, hmm, 2.6 cycles ago, I think. They are well. They are safe. Uh, It sounds kind of silly as soon as Astrid says it, but... (laughs) Yeah, no, they're with my dad. So yeah, I mean, for now, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of folks that were looking. Yeah, in fact, um, they were some folks that were kind of looking for me. And then this other guy, Tycho, kind of came through and he was like doing some weird stuff. And then in came Sorrel. And then they basically kind of distracted while my dad kind of got away. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Can I come in now? You can come in if you stay chill. Okay. Yeah. Ge- ge- generally, that's that's a good temperature for the servers because, you know, we have to kind of keep this constant cooling kind of thing. We don't really want to go above a certain temperature. Otherwise, you know, things will start to melt down. And then the components, you know, it's not really, really good. So, yeah, no, I can I can chill. So I'll kind of like what I imagine is like this kind of protective layer. Rather than open, I imagine like a tendril of energy kind of like not lashes, it's not that aggressive, but like reaches out and kind of grips whatever this thing is and like pulls it in. Whoa. Totally tubular, dude. Okay. Um, uh, well, here they are. And then poof, 
this kind of trump contact, Cassandra, you sense Astrid on the other side. Astrid. Cassandra. Where are you? You need to come to us. I'm busy. You, Cassandra, can sense through the contact the energy and the power and the potency of this ocean of mystical energy that flows around Astrid. Are you sure you're okay? There's an awful lot of power around there. I'm in control. You really need to and, come back and, and join Astrid us. Says, Astrid says it with that like overconfident sense that Cassandra can probably recognize as being like a little bit, she's terrified. Um, are you sure you're not a little over your head? Oh, someone's coming. I'm handling it. Okay, so Astrid, um, you hear Ghost kind of say, someone's coming. And out of your, again, your senses are almost magnified and amplified here. And you can kind of see in that vision of image coming around the corner um, appears to be, you think, um, Lady Jazra and her entourage. And in fact, you get the distinct sense that Jazra is moving quickly with purpose and you can sense anger do i sense this you don't okay and almost like you committed a massive faux pas somehow and that you're again it's more that sensation that you've done something that is is intensely upsetting her. And that's why she's basically making a beeline for your position. Oh, I don't... She doesn't look very happy. I will require you to be silent. Can I speak to Ghost? Sure. Ghost? Uh-huh, uh-huh. If Astrid's in danger, can uh-huh. you bring her back? Um, it's a bit hard. She's kind of, um, got this kind of weird bubble around her and it's really, really hard for me to kind of get in. In fact, the only reason I can actually uh, make any contact is because she kind of, you know, gave me like a little tentacle bit that I can kind of hold on. But if you're asking me to go in and somehow kind of pull her out of the circle, I can't do that. But we have a Trump contact. Can't you help her through the Trump contact? Well, she would have to accept it. Yes, but with my aid, we could force her. Well, I don't think you can force... Like, as long as she is willingly making the contact, that'd be fine. But this lady's coming around the corner. I know, but I'm still And she's really mad. I haven't lost the Trump contact. No, you have not. Okay. Yeah, so I'm still in contact with her. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry. I, you know, I don't really have hands and stuff, so I don't kind of understand how that all works, you know? Right. So, if I say, bring her back... Uh Uh-huh. Can you help me pull her out? Sure, but she has to want to go. Let me worry about that part. You just need to help me. Okay, okay. But, but you need to tell me when she's in Ah, uh, she's coming. She, well, I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know if it's danger or whatever, but something's coming around the corner. Coming okay. really, really fast. Okay, well, you tell me if she is in danger, if she is physically in danger. Uh, I, there's like um, a lot of power being gathered. It's not pretty. What, um... A couple of procedural questions. Procedural um, questions. What? <laughs> so, after uh, you know, Lady 
general judges coming. Yes. Um, Astrid is open to keeping the Trump open and letting Cassandra listen in. Okay. On what's going on. Um, but would, would Astrid know whether or not, like, would she know whether or not Jazra would know there's like an open Trump? You don't have specific knowledge of Jazra's abilities. I mean, clearly she exhibited okay. sorceress talent. She is the apparent master might be the wrong term, but the current person who occupies the keep, the keep is clearly flooded with some sort of mystical power. So you can surmise that she probably understands this stuff. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep the Trump open because that seems less suspicious than cutting it off suddenly. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to say, Astrid, you need to come if you get in danger, okay? I think you're over your head. Who is this person? Where are um, you? Is Trump all psychic? So, like, if Astrid answers, would she be answering psychically? You do have to make a psychic connection. Yeah, you're yeah, essentially, yeah. Okay. yeah mm-hmm. It's probably like she's talking out loud to herself. Um, actually, we'll just say patience. Okay. And with that, you see, not only do you sense and feel the gathering of this kind of, you know, uh, eldritch energy, just kind of building. And you sense the river now being pulled and, and that there are strands of it that are starting to be woven and actually kind of captured directly and pulled away from your position. And you see Lady Jasra around the corner in all her kind of dark majesty, these huge kind of, you know, shadowy wings flowing behind her she's got a bit of a retinue that's just kind of chasing in fact her her form almost seems to have formed like you know maleficent kind of horn like shapes on her brow and she is coming around the corner Tycho, we're going to do a little bit of a retcon and rewind a little bit to that point in time where you go off with the lady lintra and um, she actually approaches quite boldly to your kind of area as you're kind of, um, uh, you know, moving away from where Sorrel and Mandor kind of come from. And uh, she says, so are you going to show me around? Well, generally when invited into another individual's property, there's a tour, there's some explanations, maybe there are some uh, hidden surprises. I don't know. I don't um, surprise me. That's where you had me. This is not actually my property, but I can... can Well, it was sort of... You know, I, I had to assume as much because, I mean, you were the one leading the way and you kind of took us here, even though it wasn't exactly a straight line. And she kind of, um, you know, nudges a little bit closer and, you know, you can sense and kind of feel her strength and her power. Um, and, and beauty, actually. 
Um, and so she actually makes contact with your arm and her hand begins kind of slipping gently into that crook in your arm and elbow, um, if you allow it. I'll allow it. Okay, and you can see that she offers you a smile, and it's sort of the smile of um, satisfaction of a action completed. And her eyes shine wide in this kind of off-light. So, what's next? Why don't we play? I don't remember. This was the very first location that you guys had traveled through, and Gideon had taken you to this place through, you presume, some form of shadow walk or or maybe even a Trump contact. It was guarded by this kind of Trump construct, which you ultimately defeated primarily through Cassandra's help. And when you went in, there was also, um, um, the, the, the construct was being a, uh, it was attacking Benedict, your uncle, or at least the thing that you thought was Benedict. And then also... Okay, we'll say something like, over here was where we fought a big construct, <laughs> and over here was where we were pulled across uh, space and time, presumably through a, uh, um, a, a walk, a shadow walk. Um, I point out, like, different things around, but I'm, I'm going to, like, leave out the part where we found Corwin in, uh, like, he, he was in the prison, right? Yep, correct. Yeah, I think I'm not going to mention anything about that, like, um, so I'll just talk about the other stuff. Um, but, I mean, I keep it as light as I can and pleasant. I think, I think, uh, Tycho is used to being like playing host, playing gracious host, mm-hmm. and so he can kind of do that part. Um, but he doesn't really want to talk about about Corwin or the the tower, like what the tower was used for. Um, you know, he's just going to to give. Um, like he's not trying to make it so that it's obvious, but he's going to just keep to. Here's the, some of the stuff, the interesting stuff I know of him. But also make it clear that, like, this isn't his home, right? He, like, here, came through here once or twice for Well, doesn't, right? like, doesn't that just add to the excitement, the novelty of the whole experience? Right. But I think um, when I'm walking and introducing him to different places, it's, it's going to be a bit of, like, an apologetic, sorry, this is I, I, I only have the one impression of this because I was here once before, right? Um, and I think, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be like um, portray it as if I don't really have much knowledge of the place, so that like it's and you can sense, and and it's not even entirely subtle that. She is playing along with your approach and, you know, is following your intent. And, you know, you can see 
and she almost lets it kind of be known that she understands what you're kind of doing. And on a certain level, there's almost a sense of impatience with this because she knows that you're just going through the motions on a superficial, oh, I'm a good host. I am, you know, telling you the safe things, um, but not the interesting things. And, you know, with that, um, you know, you do kind of feel, and you're not even sure exactly how this happened, but she's, her arm has, you know, intertwined even a little bit more closely with yours. And every now and then along sort of your leg, you can feel her tail kind of brush gently against um, the side of your thigh. And she is definitely warm and I would say inviting. And she says, you're awfully good at playing host, but I have a sense that you're a much more entertaining individual than you let on, that you have, shall we say, hidden talents that only a special guest would benefit from. You flatter me. I'm just a, you know, just a, a country boy that can t- turn into an eight foot tall a beetle man. <laughs> I guess I don't say that. <laughs> what um, do you say? I like I I just say um, flatter me, but I don't think. I think you may be looking for the wrong thing. Am I? Yeah. What, maybe you tell me what you're looking for. Well, I'm looking to see who you really are. What form you actually take when you do away with your mask. You do away with your title. I want to know who Tycho really is. Why is that useful at all? You want to know about Rebma and Ismar, he, and how you can intertwine them to deal with and millennia's old battle or, or conflict between uh, Amber and Chaos. But you what know what? Tycho? Or should I call you Prince Tycho? Is that more appropriate? It's certainly more fetching. That's Mandor's. That's Mandor's game. Okay, we can be informal if that's how you want to go. I kind of like formality, though. It gives it a certain sense of oh, respect and propriety. That's very fun to just toss out when convenient. Now, everything you're saying, do you think I give two shits about that? That's Mandor's concern. I'll be honest. You care about Well, again, you took us, me, to this place of all places that we could go. You could have taken us to the lakeside. We could have found some sort of seaside retreat. But instead, you brought us here 
a castle in the middle of I don't even know what. And this intrigues me. But more than that, you intrigue me, Tycho. And she moves closer. And you can feel the heat from her body and her tail kind of definitely brushes now seductively up your leg. Hey, back up. Really? I think there's a mistake. I didn't bring here for that. For what? She blinks her eyes. Whatever are you implying, Prince? Or it's the way we say Mandor, Prince Mandor, if you like, uh, wanted it to be alone to paint a trump of my sister. Yes, that's his business, not mine. And so I left that area out of, out of uh, Respect for respect your sister for your sister's for privacy. Well, don't you think that that creates a unique opportunity once something that comes along very infrequently? A princess of chaos and a prince of amber alone together in the same room, in a secluded place in the middle of nowhere, outside of prying eyes interfering relatives and nobles. Aren't you even curious, Prince Tycho? You forgive me. I have said it time and again that I test all the game play. And how am I to know that this is not just another game play? Everything is a game, Prince. And it's a game that I would love to play with you right now. Do you want to play? Perhaps another time. We may not get another chance. Our nations are at war, you know. Or at least they are about to. I don't know. live a long time, and I'm sure the same is true of course. She sort of licks her lips a little bit and that you can sense a desire and a hunger just kind of barely held back. And she steps back. Well, don't say I didn't offer. Now, is there anything else you would like to show me, Prince? Or shall we just go about our walk? Yes, let's continue our walk. That would be for the best. Very well. All right. So, Cassandra, Mm -hmm. you see and sense this other presence um, kind of even through the Trump contact and through kind of Astrid's kind of connection over there. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of feel this kind of gathering of energy, right? You know, and part of it is because you maintain the Trump contact over there. Mm -hmm. And then Astrid... um, Jazra rounds the corner and she says, how dare you? And with that, we'll call it a night. (laughs) 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 I love it. That's good. That was good. 
I just wanted to see what Dwan would do. <laughs> well, we finally have NPC characters that aren't related to us. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all like incest. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you. I don't want to kind of keep you too late because it's kind of past 11. So I wanted to yeah. kind of close it down. Just looking for the right moment. And hopefully next time we're going to do our little uh, into the rabbit hole. Yes. So hopefully. that's going to be fun. Sounds good.